Hey everybody, this is Jamie Retzke, and you know when you hear that music, it's time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Not the lighter side of sports, but the lighter side of baseball. And we are coming to you live from Lando Lakes, Wisconsin, and uh, I'm getting ready to get Craig Kashan on the phone here, zooming away for about an hour on talking about baseball in the upcoming season. It's set to open in two weeks. I'm opposed to playing at all because I can't go to any of the games. Listen to this. My season tickets don't get me anything. They don't even get me in the game. I guess I could get a credit for tickets bought if they decide to ever let people into the ballpark. Then and only then do I get credit on my tickets. I guess I get credit next year. But listen to this. So I have season tickets in row X. And that's not the row. That's just I'm giving a hypothetical, and I'm not able to sit there. So uh, if they allow fans in and they socially distance, I'll be able to go use some of my money from the season tickets to go sit in the upper deck down the third baseline. That doesn't uh, really cut it for me. In my mask, not able to drink a beer, eat peanuts, or any of that fun stuff. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm going to watch some of it on TV and hope that the Cubs get into the playoffs, win the World Series, and then Craig Kashan. And I will have plenty to talk about. Craig is the uh, uh, beneficiary of getting to go to the ballpark and watching uh, practices because he is on the list and he explains to me in the upcoming podcast how he gets to do that. Uh, he also picked the Brewers to win the 60 games going 36 and 24. I picked the Cubs at 40 and 20. And so we're going to get him on. I'm going to say it's the lighter side of sports. It's the lighter side of baseball. Uh, starring me and my partner, Craig Kishan. And we are looking forward to talking a little bit of baseball. And let me tell you what, I expect a wide variety of interesting information that we will be talking about today. And so uh, with that, I think uh, we can get it on. So I'm going to uh, hit the pause. I'm going to uh, see if I can't get Craig in. It'll probably sound a little redundant, but nonetheless... Uh, this is the intro for Craig Kishan, who will be the pregame voice of the Milwaukee Brewers, again for the umpteenth year, two decades, and also simultaneously doing the pregame for the Milwaukee Bucks, who are in the heat of the playoffs, assuming they ever get going. It's a strange time. COVID is not declining in the country. Uh, as you know, we've been doing these podcasts to provide some entertainment for everybody during the COVID crisis. Uh, the crisis seems to be getting worse, and the uh, state of mind of most people in the USA uh, seems to be to uh, ignore it more. And so as a result, some people are laboring under the uh, uh, strange, fictitious belief that uh, it's not that big a deal. It's that big a deal. Anyway, they're going to have Major League Baseball two weeks from today. We're going to visit with Craig Kishan in a few minutes, and that's it from On the Lighter Side of Baseball. Again, we'll be broadcasting live when Papa Kino's opens in Overland Park. It's going to be the place to be for your watching the Royals, socially distancing and eating a pizza with the piece as big as your face. And let me tell you, I'm sitting here in Wisconsin at a giant round picnic table. The pizza might even be as big as this table. It's going to be delicious, and when you get full of Papakino's Pizza, you can head on down to Mr. Euro's for a little bit of Greek pleasure. Oh, my God. You can't beat it. You can eat every day, one day at Papakino's, the next day at Mr. Euro's. 
Mr. Euros, Mr. Kinos, Papa Euros. I think I'm getting everything mixed up, but we know Chris and his family will be happy to see you at their new venture in Overland Park on Metcalf Avenue, opening around Labor Day, Papa Kinos Pizza, and their ongoing great restaurants that have been in existence for a long time in Kansas City and doing better than ever. Mr. Euro, so I know Chris is looking forward to flipping some pizzas, and so am I. Anyway, that is a word from our soon-to-be new sponsor, and when I say new, I mean only. So everybody take a break, and we'll be back in just a second. Thank you for listening to you on the Lighter Side of Baseball on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and uh, my Facebook page. So that's it. We'll be back in a minute. We are back again with my favorite guy, Craig Kashan. And Craig is getting his uh, vocal cords all warmed up because in two weeks we have opening day, buddy. How's that? Uh, I'm lo- really looking forward to it, Jamie, man. I, I can't believe we're getting uh, – we're, we're doing this for real. And um, I'm really excited. I've been over to the ballpark and uh, watched the team scrimmage and um, – you know, kind of do their thing. And, and, uh, there's been a lot of interviews that, uh, you know, we've been able to be a part of, uh, you know, on my broadcast side to, to keep up with things, a lot of zoom interviews and, um, it's good. I mean, the, the team's excited, you know, our team is healthy. I know some teams are, are battling a little bit, but I think for the most part, um, you know, baseball seems to be on its way back here and that's, uh, hopefully going to be, a continued positive sign because it's it's tough for the rest of the country right now. Well, tell me about how how the procedure worked for you to get inside the ballpark. I think people are interested in that because uh, there are not very many people in the world that have been able to get inside a major league ballpark unless they're on the team. So tell me how that worked. Well, I just snuck in the knot hole in the uh, in right field. <laughs> well, you are small, uh, yes. but. Uh, you know. Us five eight guys can can still squeeze through those little <laughs> and, holes. So, and I don't mean anything personally by being small. I mean agile, <laughs> athletic, yeah. but a uh, guy that is in much better shape than me. So, I mean, how did that get arranged? Obviously, through your boss. Well, there, I, I honestly I didn't expect it to happen, uh, at least for now. But um, you know, they they made arrangements uh, to prioritize who can go where in stadiums right now. And it is basically called, uh, you're labeled either a tier one, a tier two, or a tier three uh, personnel. What would and I be? Tier, tier one are players, coaches, uh, and the people who are allowed to be on basically the ground floor where the dugouts are, the playing surface, uh, that type of thing. Right. Um and that's that's a really limited group, obviously. Um, and then tier two are are people who need to be the next level closest to the playing surface, which you know are are workers who are taking care of the field, uh, stadium maintenance of any kind, um, uh, upper management, um, that type of thing uh, have clearance to go places and then tier three are people 
like media and broadcasters uh, or people that um, aren't deemed to be necessarily uh, needed on the field for anything. So basically what I did, I'll just walk you through my procedure of getting there. They have a new designated um, parking lot for us, at least for now, since there's no fans in the stadium. And there's a new entrance for us to go in. So that, that uh, parking lot actually is, is closer than the old one was to get in the ballpark. Wow. And then they have three or four people that are basically when you go in, you know, you, you kind of sign your life away that you're healthy. And, um, and then you have to answer a series of uh, quick health questions that are all COVID related. They take your temperature. That's everything is uh, logged. And, um, and then you, you know, you go through typical security with your bag and stuff. And then they have a specific, uh, walkway for you to go to a stairwell that'll get you up to the press box. And then once you're in the press box, um, everybody's seat is assigned for social distancing. Um, and, um, like in our broadcast booth already, they've installed, um, you know, the plastic, uh, barrier glass between broadcaster positions, um, that type of thing. So, um, and then you're required to wear masks. So the hard, the hardest thing to go through was actually to climb probably four sets of stairs with your mask on and think you can breathe when you get to the very top <laughs> and I, still live to witness this scrimmage. So <laughs> I, I just told everybody how, how great shape you're in and now you're puffing and puffing the, the masks do make it tough to, uh, to get good, good uh, yeah. breathing going. Yeah. So, so that, you know, and then cool. the thing about it is once we were in there, <clears throat> you know, we're still socializing, you know, with respect with other broadcasters, uh, writers, whatever it is. I mean, everybody has their mask on. We're not hovering over each other. We're not sitting next to each other type of thing. So, you know, the dining room isn't open. You're allowed to bring your own food in. They've asked that if you do that, you eat your food in your designated seat so you're not, you know, congregating around and that type of thing. And um, and so they've they've got everything down pretty good. And I think this is how, you know, this is going to be moving forward here to try to get this 60, you know, game season underway. And, and the coaches on the field – um, you know, the manager, uh, coaches, um, non-playing personnel at that time were all wearing masks and gloves. Um, and it was, it was a very, very different setting. Uh, but they were playing ball down there. And if you're, you know, if you're a ball player, you know, there's obviously a lot of adaptions that they have to go through. Um, but you know, they they were, you know, everything seemed as normal as it could be. It wasn't, it wasn't what we know. Uh, there's a lot of new little nuances in place, but uh, they, they got through it and, and have been getting through it. I mean, they've been together since July 4th, so this has been a full week. Right. So did they make Euchre wear a mask? Euchre's not going to come until, I, I believe, until uh, there's an actual game at Miller Park. So um, I can't speak on his behalf, but he, he, you know, everybody is required to wear a mask. And here's the other thing. The uh, city of Milwaukee is passing a, a mask ordinance for the city. Uh, I think that's going to go in effect here within the week or, you know, by Monday. So that that's, I mean, 
a lot of stuff is enforced now with, with the mask and, and, uh, and you know, you got to respect that. Yeah. Although we're up in Wisconsin where I don't, in Northern Wisconsin, uh, Vilas County, I'm not sure that anybody's seen a mask, but in Canada, yeah. it's a mandatory rule that if you're out in public, uh, you have to wear a mask up here. It's kind of spotty. There are people that are wearing masks, but it's infrequent. Um, what about Nellie's corner? where so many of your Emmy award-winning broadcasts have originated. Is there a uh, plexiglass uh, being set up there? Are you going to be able to use that set? Are you going to be able to go to the games in person? Tell me about that. Well, uh, I wasn't allowed to go down there, uh, you know, when I was there the other day and won't be until the team is actually out of the stadium and on the road. Right now it's our plan to do our – our broadcast pre and post game shows uh, when the team is on the road and the stadium is empty from that site. And that's then, awesome. That's good news. Yeah. But when the team is at home, we'll be in the studio. So we're, <laughs> it's Ooh. a, it's a more of a technical issue than anything else. But um, um, so that, that's kind of the deal there. So, and as far as I know, I'll be on that set by myself and and we are social distancing like our broadcast everybody's broadcast is a little bit different some are doing all of their broadcasts within a studio off a monitor um we're doing all our broadcasts uh basically from miller park we're not traveling our broadcast team but they'll do all 60 games from the same spot in the ballpark and when the team is actually on the road then we'll, we'll all be watching off a monitor but when the team is home Obviously, they'll be in the ballpark, but no sideline reporter on the field. Um, Sophia, who's our sideline reporter, is going to be designated in center field. Uh, Jerry Augustine, who does our who co-hosts shows with me, will be in a separate box at Miller Park. And uh, um, Brian and Bill, who call our games, will be sharing a a broadcast booth with the plexiglass in between them. So to give them their social distancing space. So it's going to be a skeleton crew. They're going to have a spread around, but it's, uh, it's part of the safety protocol for the team and, and also uh, the broadcast. So will the, um, the TV guys, Brian and Bill uh, be in Miller park when the team is at home or will they too have to go to the studio? Nope. I'll, the only person that's going to be in the studio, as far as I know, is going to be uh, myself when the team is home. Right. And uh, uh, otherwise, everyone else would be in the ballpark in their, in their designated spots. So when Jerry does the pregame and postgame with you, or at least he has, will he be in the studio when the team is at home with you, or will he, where will he be? Nope, he'll be at the ballpark the whole time. And so what they've done is they've taken the MVP guy and made sure that he doesn't get uh, exposed to uh, anything when the team's at home and put him in the studio by yourself. Is that what I'm hearing? I'm glad you have your reading glasses on and can see the fine print. Absolutely. <laughs> Protect Craig Sean at all costs. And I tell you, we have an interest in doing that too because you as a vital member of the Lighter Side of Baseball podcast, and I know that with a 60-game schedule, you'll have – more than ample time to visit during the season and fill us in. I'll even ask you from time to time for your Twitter handle, because I know that with my listening audience, uh, now that, that you're around, it's going to be, you know, it's going to double the size of your followers. And I, 
I'm sure you're looking forward to that. No, you- no question. No, <laughs> qu- I've been I've been waiting for this more than the actual start of baseball. Actually, <laughs> well, feel, feel free to give us your uh, Twitter handle now. How about that? It's just Craig Kishan. Boy, that's simple. You know, the guy can speak clearly. Can yeah, he? Yeah, that's right. And I, I keep it simple. I, I don't hide things with uh, underscores, backslashes. Um, I don't know what those are. N- numbers that don't mean anything, initials. Hey, that's great. I'm glad you brought up numbers that do mean something. So I'm looking. I like to catch Craig by surprise and bring up stuff, and there's no pressure on you. But in the current issue of the Hall of Fame Memories and Dreams, on the cover is Ted Williams, Nolan Ryan, Henry Aaron, Joe DiMaggio, and Cal Ripken. And they're all famous because there are uh, uh, certain numbers that are associated with those guys. And I'm cheating. I've got the magazine cover that has all the numbers, except for I can't find Nolan Ryan's number. So we, we know what Joe DiMaggio is famous for, right? 56. Easy. Right. Cal Ripken. What the do you think? Games played streak. Yep. How Iron many? Man. Do you remember how many? And that's a tough one. No. Three thousand some. Twenty-one thirty-one. Well, remember one thirty-one. You know Hank's record. Yep. Home runs. Seven fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the splendid splinter. The last guy to hit four hundred hit four oh six, and then Nolan Ryan. There's a there's a seven there. Is that the number of no hitters he threw? Maybe it is. I don't know. Got to be. It's got to be. But anyway, I love, be. Love, love the Hall of Fame. That was pretty cool. Let's talk about Brock Holt. Did you see what Brock had to say? You probably were there when he said it. Brock Holt? I uh, was not there when he said it. What, which one are you referring to now? Um, he is with the Milwaukee Brewers, right? Yes. And he, he was singing my song about, well, he, I'll, I'll paraphrase. <laughs> He didn't really say this, but you know that you and I sort of have a little disagreement. We'll get into it in a little bit about, I think that it's not safe to play baseball. And of course you think we got to do whatever we got to do and the protocols making it safe. And I, I can understand that. And I'll be the first to watch 60 games, uh, seven of them from Wrigley field. Maybe I'll be in a Skype. Maybe I'll be in a, in a, uh, you know, rooftop. Brockhold said that the only reason he's playing is if he didn't play, he can't opt out because he signed a one-year contract and if he didn't play this year to protect himself and his future he thought he'd be out of baseball yeah well a lot of guys have said that I mean and we've talked about it it's it's a kind of a necessary evil right now for some guys it is you know and and he's got a young family yeah um, have, did they make you take a, a nose swab before you went into Miller Park, or are you tier three immune from that? No, just the temperature take. Yeah, I've gone into I've gone into a few businesses where they've taken my temperature before. They've allowed me to go in their doors, which is kind of interesting. But uh, I get it. I think that's kind of the new thing. Yeah, um, we're about five miles from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and when we go up to Michigan to play golf. <clears throat> Before you can go in the pro shop, they zip you with one of those little temperature gauges. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I passed and I got in with a mask. Kind of proud of my mask. It's cubby blue, man. You'd love it. <laughs> wow. Mine's, mine's straight black right now. 
Well, that's how the Brewers are going to feel when the season's over. Straight black. <laughs> the bullpen, their arms will be hanging, and the Cubbies will be on the victory. Hey, oh, I, I, I want to ask you, what, what's, your, what's your temperature? Is it always the same when you have it uh, checked there during the COVID well, you check? Know, uh, my wife, Do you know what it is? My wife gave me this uh, uh, temperature from 1947, and it always shows 97.5. Ooh. Cool. Mine, I'm a cool mine's ninety-seven seven. Wow, isn't that interesting? And it's it's been that way every single time I've had it checked. Somebody told me there's a biological reason that it measures that way, but I don't know why or how. So, um, you know, I think that's uh, probably the least interesting thing we've talked about. But be that as yeah, it but may. you know what? You know what? <clears throat> so yeah. here's the thing: it's been like ninety-five degrees for the last three weeks. Yeah, and you're uh, huffing and puffing and walking into a place, yeah. and you've got a mask on. Shouldn't that raise your temperature up like one or two or three degrees? It's, I was a little it, concerned about it at first. Well, I'm just excited that you know the offer still stands to uh, both you and Dwayne Stats, and either you guys are taking it up, me up on it that I'll be more than happy to be your bodyguard if if I could sneak into that tier three Miller Park entrance. I'd even drive your car so you wouldn't get winded. <laughs> just can't get any takers for that thing i'm sure Dwayne and i are are uh you know heavily weighing this option to be determined at a later date yeah i gotta say Dwayne seems to you know give me a lot more uh uh you know he's he's hooking me in a lot more than than maybe uh some other guys are like uh, you how about really the, how about the I, I already told you about the knot hole you're gonna have to find out where that is i'm gonna i'm gonna look for that the uh how about the old umpires? Are we going to finally get rid of Joe West, or is he going to huff and puff with a mask on out there? No, he's going to. He's returning, man. He's going to return. Did you Did you see what he said uh, earlier this week about no the whole COVID thing? He thinks a lot of it's uh, uh, overblown, and uh, he's very confident that he's going to be in good hands with the uh, major league uh, protocol, and and he's uh, he's on a pace to set a. I think an umpiring regular season game record that, that uh, I think he's approaching 5,000. It's some, some storyline like that. 5,000 um, games and 4,000 protests. Yeah. He's, he's on his way to, you know, he's returning. So yeah. Well, you know, me, Cowboy I Joe. I love to watch the, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so pathetic. I'll watch MLB network. Um, some of these shows they've had as long as a couple of their, and some of the hosts are great. I, you know, I really like a lot of those guys, but anyway, I digressed. I was watching the 1988 world series. It was about the Dodgers and Kirk Gibson. And who was the young looking, you know, kind of chubby faced guy with a weird hairdo, Joe West, man. The guy yeah. has been around forever. He yeah. won't go away. Him I and Angel, he's, Angel Hernandez. I mean, he's, um, Pretty close to 70 years old. Do you want to do an all-bad umpire team? Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I won't ask I would. I would listen to you, but I, I can't go there. <laughs> I, I would listen to you and just go, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You guys, all that. So um, what's your best thing you like about the new 60-game uh, season and how they're going to handle – the nuances and the, the things that are new. What, what's your most favorite change? Um, I think, to be honest with you, my most favorite change is uh, 
the extra inning rule with the runner at second base. Yeah. Um, I've, I, you know that I've, I've liked that. Um, I don't like long games. Um, um, and I also, I also really think that especially, huh? You, you get paid by the game, not by the hour. Right. So, you so there you go. Them. You want. So, that, so that's part of it. Yeah. But the other thing is I, I, I am finding uh, very interesting is that um, there are some – I think there's a, an age um, line that you could almost draw between some of the old schooler guys that are still either managing – uh, or been in this, you know, uh, uh, baseball business for a while that are still in it. And then the younger generation of, especially the players of today. Right. Um, and some of the young GMs um, that, you know, the younger generation definitely likes this runner at second. I mean, Kristen Yellett said it the other day on the record. He said, nobody likes, no player likes extra innings ever. He said, it has nothing to do with this year or any other. He goes, I, I like it. You know, you get to a certain point, let's all – everyone's playing by the same rules, so let's see what happens. He said, it sure beats starting the 10th inning, having no idea if you're going to be there for two more hours playing nine extra innings. And then, and then he said one thing that <clears throat> always kind of bothers him is when the games do go really long and you're burning through pitchers, he goes – the next day, you've got two or three guys, maybe sometimes four or five, that are um, that are changed on your roster because you got to get fresh arms up, or you know whatever the case may be. And and he said it. It just he goes. There's nothing great that comes out of it. And and I and I agree with that. You know, I think the the length of the game is one thing, but I also think. You know why? Why burn through all these arms and 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 make roster changes the next day because you went in extra innings because you don't know if tomorrow you're going to go, you know, 16 more innings and play. So I I like it for a, a lot of various reasons. Do you think they'll come from all this and develop a instead of a closer specialty a extra inning guy specialist? I mean, it's going to no. take a uh, it's going to take a different kind of a guy to go out there with a guy on second base and nothing, you know, just to start a game. Number one is going to be completely new to that person, and number two, he's going to. F- a lot of guys are going to feel like they're getting jacked, especially if it goes on their ERA or if it's in their contract negotiation. So I'm saying you need another hater to be your specialist for your extra innings, especially with 30 guy roster. <clears throat> I don't think, I don't think that run that. is going to be tagged on the pitcher though. You, you, that, well, that's how I understand it. So, so I, I think that's a moot point. They're changing the whole game, man. It's really getting, it's getting, well, uh, and the other, the other thing seven too is they're going to do, um, they're still doing the uh, three batter minimum for a relief pitcher coming in, which I thought they'd throw out. Yeah. They're keeping that in. I, like I, that. I think they really want that. I think they want to keep that obviously for, for the future. The, the other thing is that they threw out was, um, you know, if you get into, you know, extra innings or the games, a blowout or whatever it is that, that position players are still allowed to pitch, you know, they were, they right. kind of readjusted that and now they've, they've, you know, th- kind of thrown that out. So, 
You know, you're, you're going to have an expanded roster. You should have enough pitchers anyway. But you also have a, a, a designated hitter in the National League for the first time. So whoever's on your, your bench, you know, you're not going to burn through hitters starting in the fourth or fifth inning, right. you know, you like you did before either. Don't you see a big benefit to the uh, uh, Kyle Schwarbers of the world and Ryan Braun? I mean, Brawny, I know everybody's going to say they want to be out in the field a lot. But, I mean, if you can rest Braun's leg and keep him uh, on the bench and then put in somebody in left field that can, you know, get to more balls maybe than Ryan, and I'm not, I'm not bagging on him, but, I mean, I would think Braun would be a perfect DH. Who are the Brewers? Yeah, and I think he's – you know, I, when he went into this year, um, his mindset was, you know, this would probably be his last. It's the last year of his contract. Right. He's 36. But if they if they make the DH universal now, man, in the National League next year, I, I he's already said he would highly consider, you know, coming back for for he another would, year or two. He would, he would look so good in Cubby Blue. I mean, we'd take him, even though he draws the biggest booze in Chicago. We we'd like him as a DH out there, and that would free up Kyle Schwarber to play center field. What do you well, think? I don't think there's a better hitter in the history of baseball as an opponent that has hit better at Wrigley Field than Ryan Braun. I mean, I think his I think he's hit he hits like 340 there. I think he's got 40 home runs and like 150 RBIs or some ridiculous thing in yeah. his career. The other guy whether it was with the Cubs or against the Cubs and he played for the Brewers and he played for the Pirates was uh Ramos Ramirez could just he just blistered the ball at Wrigley, you know. He yeah. felt comfortable another Another guy was Ernie Banks. He could do pretty well at Wrigley, but uh, he wore one uniform. God love him. And <laughs> let's let's play two with Ernie. How about seven inning games? Why don't if we're going to just start guys at second base during extra innings? Why don't we just uh, change all the rules and have a seven inning game, and uh, maybe have a guest pitcher come in from the crowd one once a day, once a week to keep things fresh. There's, no, there's no crowd. <laughs> well, there you go. They'd have to go to the tier three guy in the out there behind the plexiglass. No, you're in the studio. Damn. I don't hey, look. I don't get, and I'm not questioning Fox Sports Midwest or whoever is the name of the employer anymore. Why are you the only guy at the studio, and why don't you get to do the pre and post game show from from the road? Is there a I mean, from the park? Is there a technological given the replay machine? What's why is that? It, it's strictly technical. Um, it's strictly technical. The, you know, I, I, I think I told you a couple of shows ago that um, from a broadcast perspective, for, for the most part, um, uh, broadcast teams are kind of pooling together. And, and it all has to do with that. It's, yeah. it's really nothing else. So it's, um, it, and, and it's the, the safety protocol of social distancing. So it kind of it kind of goes hand in hand, but really for the most part, it's a it's strictly a, a technical um, issue with with what we've got going on, and it's uh, it's certainly not a bad thing. So it's you know, like I said, it has nothing to do with whether the game's going on or not, but um, it it's just uh, something we're we're going to have to live with and adjust with. So, so let me ask you, I'm selfishly interested because of uh, you know how I think you're the greatest in the world are you getting are you going to do all 60 games 
Well, I'm not sure yet, to be honest with you, Jamie, because we, we you know, the Bucks start up on July oh, 31st. That was so, my next question. You know, there's... Yeah, we, we've got kind of a dual thing going on here that we're not we're, – we're, we're going to do two teams' seasons at the exact same time, and, and we haven't – you know, sometimes we have overlap um, in the spring, but this is totally a new animal. So we're still plotting things out. Did that other guy that did some of the games when you didn't do the games, is he gone or is he still around? No, they're still, we're still here. Our, our people are still here waiting to go to work. Uh, all, everybody. So, okay. yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, I think yeah. everybody's spectacular for those Milwaukee fans listening. I hold no, no opinions of other than about the golden tonsils of Craig Kishan. And, uh, you know, that's just the way it is, man. I mean, I think no- my golden tonsils would be, uh, in, in better shape up there in, uh, in, Land Lakes area. I think oh it's gosh. Going golfing in northern Michigan. Where, where know, do you golf in northern Michigan? Well, there is um there's an <clears throat> Indian reservation that I can't love Butazer or so I can't pronounce it, but that's there. We played Saint Germain, which is down the road, and then uh, we played Eagle River, which you played as a celebrity. What a great course. It's in really good shape. Yeah, that I that's got, a really nice course. That's uh, been around for a while. I shot a 41 on the front, of course. Did you really? Yeah, but I... I, I can't my, keep up with you, man. I, I made my own tees. I went 100 yards from the uh, red tees and went from there. Just so I could try to break break uh, par, but even that didn't work. No, we had a good time. I, we had, we <laughs> had a, a good crowd, and I think the kids went out to play the uh, the local gateway golf course, which is uh, interesting to play, and the dairy maid went out of business, man. There's nowhere to get uh, soft serve ice cream, so we've had to go to the drive 20 miles to get a scoop of ice cream. It's get so, out of town. Huh. Yeah, man, that's no good. But I heard heard some comment attributed, you know, euchre, whatever comes out of his mouth. Uh, I I try to just be sort of funny, and I you know, the lighter side of baseball. I'm not sure how funny, uh, but euchre was talking about how he got sent to winter ball in July, which I thought, you know, the, the, it's got to be fun to be around. Is he ever – now, I, I did have the chance uh, around Nelly uh, near the end to be serious with you, but, I mean, typically is he just always funny? Yes, because um, it's just in him, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but I will say this. Well, I've had uh, – probably more serious conversations with him than I probably have just having him tell stories. Uh, he's a great listener. Um, he remembers everybody's names. Um, but he is full of great stories and, and, you know, he has a a great sense about him, you know, when it's just time for him to, you know, deliver a one liner, crack a joke tell a story. Um, but he is, he is a great listener too, and loves to dial in with people there. There probably isn't anybody that I know that loves to be around people more than this guy. And I know that this is, you know, he's 86 years old and I guarantee it's, it's tearing him up that he can't be around, you know, the ballpark and do the normal things because, You know, he's, he's not, he, he, you know, he just can't do those same things anymore with, with what's going on right now. But, you know, he's not concerned about his health. He's, he's healthy. He's not concerned about, you know, 
catching this virus. He wants to be at the ballpark doing stuff and going to work. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. you know, and he, and he already said he's not going to, even though the team isn't traveling and their radio is, you know, not traveling either, he's still only going to do the 30 home games and leave the other 30 road games up to the, to the uh, team that they've assembled for that. So, yeah. you know, which, which is kind of a classy move if, if, if you want to be honest. I mean, totally he classy. could say, hey, I'm just driving, you know, from my home down to the ballpark. I can do every game. Yeah, and, and of course, who they, they wouldn't – nobody's going to object to that from any – there isn't any point. The guy no. sounds like he's 30 years old on the air, and he he just cannot be in his, in, in, as, as old as you're – saying he it's just he's well, he got certainly doesn't act like it he doesn't sound like it and and he had he was on uh he was on a show just the other day and the very first question they asked him is uh you know hey you you know what what have you been doing with you know the last you know four or five months waiting to get back and getting going and and he just just deadpans well i went over uh been hitting a lot of balls went over to the little league field over here in uh, the town i live in and found a ballpark and a bucket of balls and uh, I've been doing that every day just just working on my swing so how, how can she laugh at that guy you know god I know and, and like I said he just can't ever stop broadcasting he's so no. much he's so much fun to listen to and uh, mostly when he's by himself I mean the guy can just carry the with his brevity I mean and I can't remember how he's always broadcast but in the in the last few years his brevity you know it's it's not a guy with oral diarrhea. It's just a guy who is um, has got a great understanding of what has made him what he is. It's cool. It's really neat. yep, yep. It's a great story, and uh, you know there there are some really rare great stories of guys that have been able to you know pull a Vin Scully and and uh, a Bob Euchre and you know I I don't know how old Harry was when when he was going, but. You know, he was definitely up there in age, too. I don't think he was 86 and still broadcasting, but um, it, it's great. You know, it's great. It, it it just goes to show that, you know, you can you can do a lot in life when you are well past retirement age, whatever, whatever you want to categorize it, as long as you're engaged in something. And that's our motto on the lighter side of baseball, man. Yeah. I'm turning 70 and I am focused on talking to you every week about baseball. Now, how much better can that be? Some people are just content to collect their social security. Not me. And speaking of that, let's talk about our sponsor. Papa Kino's is going to open around Labor Day. Shout out to Papa Kino's. We'll be broadcasting live from Papa Kino's. And I do believe, I don't know if the brewers traveled. Yeah. The brewers must come to Kansas city. I haven't looked at that part of the schedule, but I know. Well, that- you know, it's it, uh, when the schedule, we haven't done a show since the schedule came out, but when the schedule was originally proposed, we thought everybody was going to, you know, split games and that that's not the case. So I things are that. a little bit different. I'll, I'll call up my, uh, I've got a breakdown of um, the games. And, and I know one thing that, that, stood out with us a little bit was uh oh here we go folks he's gonna cry i'm gonna is is so typical brewers and brewers playing 10 games and seven are at wrigley field i mean what what is going on there wrigley baby you can't get coronavirus at wrigley so it's so that national so there's 60 games 40 within your division and 20 against the opposite division and i'll just tell you that 
from a from Brewers um, schedule. So it's ten games against the Cubs, three at Miller Park, seven at Wrigley. The Brewers play seven games at home against Cincinnati and three on the road, which is great. I mean, the Brewers have beaten up the Reds usually at Miller Park. They're going to be better. Pittsburgh, than I picked. Yeah, I know them. it. I've got my picks. I picked them I second on the Cubs. And then they've got four against the Pirates at home and six on the road, which does not favor Milwaukee. They have a hard time winning in Pittsburgh. And then against the Cardinals, they have six at home and four on the road. Yeah, so Cubs are playing the cards at Wrigley more than at uh, uh, Sportsman's Park or whatever it's called. <laughs> so you have a huge advantage against two big competitors. So right. the Cubs about- must be playing – only three games against the Reds at home. Is that? Do you know how that breaks down? Yeah, I I don't know how it breaks down. I I wasn't um, I wasn't doing my homework as a student. So then, in the in the opposite, the uh, Brewers play three games total against Cleveland, and they're all in Cleveland. They play four games against the White Sox, two at home, two on the road. Four games against the Tigers, two at home, two on the road. Three games against the Royals, all in Milwaukee, and six games against the Twins, three home, three on the road. So you play, you go, you go to Chicago for nine game, nine games is the way I'm listening to you. Um, Seven on the north side, two on the south. Yes, side. and yes, so, so there'll be there'll be a total of three trips to Chicago for the team. See, my question was, will they? Why won't they just go back and forth and stay at home those days? You know, now that the total, it's too, that, it's too much driving. Yeah. But th- here's the thing though. Think about this for all three of those teams that we're talking about all busing. And, and I know for a fact that teams do not want to get on a plane if they don't have to. So it's those, those are going to be busing. Plane. It's their own plane. Right. No, like the Brewers don't have their own plane. They have their, they're part of a corporate group. So well, I don't think you always have the same plane. Mr. Antanasio needs to step up. Come on. Do the Cubs have their own plane? Uh, you know, I haven't called Tom. I'll, I'll do that. Hey, speaking of that, did you see where some guy, uh, a hedge fund guy, offered, uh, put in, I guess the Mets are going through a bidding process. He offered $2 billion for the Mets and $2 billion for the, uh, I guess it's Sports New York or whatever their TV channel is. $4 billion. And the, and the uh, owners are crying about you know nobody gonna go watch the game and they need the players to take a few dollars off i mean come on four billion buddy that's unbelievable billion well when the royals Royals went for a billion that had to just make everybody in the club happy wait till expansion which is around the corner i bet there's well there's been a lot of talk about nashville having a team come in have you seen that um, I have seen that, and then the other one. Everybody seems to want to go back to Montreal, but I'm thinking COVID nineteen may have spelled the doom for for Montreal. And how about Portland or Las Vegas? I'm hearing a few things about Vegas. I would I would say that if I was uh, if if I was a betting man, I I would say that Nashville and Vegas have probably the best chances of landing I've, a team. I think the listeners to on the lighter side of baseball have a scoop. I think we are both in agreement that Vegas and Nashville are the front runners now. Um, 
But don't, it has to be, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about Nashville right now, but you have to add, if you're expanding, you have to expand by two teams. I mean, you have to keep the schedule balanced. Right. So, well, I mean, Vegas, Vegas already has an doesn't, NHL team. Doesn't, doesn't Nashville and Las Vegas total two teams? Well, right? yeah. There's yeah, our map. For sure. So, yeah. there you so go. it's got to be two. We've solved the problem. I'm not. I'm not convinced Portland or Montreal will ever have a baseball team. I, you know, I'm. I'm in agreement. I think now with the travel, even when they come up with the vaccine, I think it's going to be. It's going to be tough. So, a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, Clemente Day. How cool is that? I'm. I. I don't recall ever having a Roberto Clemente Day. Do you? Did I miss something over the last ten years? No, uh, but there there had been talk for a long time since they had they implemented Jackie Robinson Day that they would have Roberto Clemente Day. And I so that I know there's been talk about it, but no, there hasn't been. It it um, I think it's this it's either this year or you know they announced the 2021 schedule, which is kind of funny because they always used to say we can't put out the schedule till the end of the year because we have a lot of things to work out, but they've got the 2021 schedule. I think if I'm not mistaken, September 19th might be Roberto Clemente day this year amongst all the teams. So they will all wear, as I recall, nine, is it 19? Was Roberto number 19? No. 21. He was 21. 21. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Who's there's no famous number 19, except maybe Bob Feller. I don't know. I'm digressing, man. No, no, Robin Yount. Oh my God, I am so Hall sorry. Of Famer. I even have years in autographed uniform in my. Hey, I sold my house. I don't want to let everybody know that I'm moving, but. Uh, but house, you just did. But I did. Yeah, <laughs> my wife goes crazy. Not that she ever listens to these uh, podcasts, but hey, I thought she was your chief engineer. <laughs> no, that's Tyler, man. I got to put shout out to Tyler. He is for real. He's and your chief he, editor, he, but your engineer, your engineer is your is Kay, isn't she by your side pressing all the buttons right now? No, doing I do the believe, audio pots up and I down. I do believe that Kay gets up and leaves when I, and, and goes to a room where she can't hear us. But out of the three people that typically are on in, involved in these podcasts for the lighter side of baseball, you and me and Tyler, there's only one guy that makes money, and that would be Tyler. Although I did send you some food, so. You know, you do work for food. I don't want anybody to think differently about man. <laughs> Who doesn't work for food? Did we talk about Nellie's birthday last time, or did we let that day slip? I no, we 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 brushed it. We okay. brushed the fact that we both missed it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I love you, Nellie. I, I'm glad I finally got a baseball season work. You out. know, he's shaking his head just he, just listening to this. You know, totally. he is. He, he said. Man, Craig, can you can you find somebody better to talk to than this guy? He, uh, if he if he were here, he would. Uh, I think he would love the guy at second base to start the tenth inning because he he'd volunteer to go out there first, and he'd steal third, and then he'd steal home, and you wouldn't over. even need to worry about pitchers, hitters, anything. So, he'd take care of it. You're right, and God love Nelly, and then then as an encore, he'd go steal first, just exactly just complete the cycle. Uh, I guess he'd have to steal second too. But anyway, they could steal four bases under the new rule. Let me ask you this: so the visiting team goes top of the tenth. They send out the guy that made the last out in the uh, ninth. He goes to second base, no matter how 
fast or slow he is, as I understand the rule. Um, Correct. I, su I suppose you can take him out of the lineup and put in a faster guy. I don't know. No, I, I don't. I is don't that think guy is that guy bound to be there? That guy, that guy's bound to be there. Hmm. I don't know. I'm going to check into that rule someday. But so they score. They get to, do they have to stop playing once they score one run or, or can they keep going? No, I mean, as far as I know, the game, you know, if it's top of the inning and, and you score, you just keep going, right? And like, like you would normally. And then in the bottom of the frame, like if you're down, if, if it's a 2 2 game and then the top of the 10th, the visiting team scores uh, three runs, then I think, the, I think the home team in the bottom of the 10th, is allowed to load the bases to start the inning. <laughs> <You're>, you know, <laughs> Craig's not always funny. That's funny. That one, That's a great rule. See? Yeah, now Yelich wouldn't like that. You no, know, no, he wouldn't like that at all. But, he would not well, like you, that at all. But if you have the potential leadoff man able to hit a grand slam to walk off, oh, my God, how great would that be? Yeah, that for would sure. Be yeah, it's going to be interesting with the D. I think the DH will stick and the runner at second won't, but I could be wrong. And in the playoffs, I understand that the runner at second will not be the rule. I believe you're correct on that. Um, I'm surprised that they're uh, – I, I, think, I think they actually were looking for a good way to get the DH in, um, which, you know, I don't know if that will make it easier or harder for National League pitchers. What do you think? I think it'll be, I, I think it's going to be easier for national league pitchers because um, they're, I mean, for right now, for two months, they're concentrating on one thing and that's, and that's it. And um, I, I think the bottom line is they, they did it to, you know, help provide, you know, the relief from the fact that, you know, the national league with pitchers maybe only going, you know, a maximum of three or four innings, especially the first couple of weeks, you know, what's the point of, you know, burning your bench from early, early game on just to, just to bat for the pitcher. Um, I, I think it's just a process to speed the game up a, a little bit from that standpoint and not put pressure on, on pitchers to, to have to, you know, make a, an appearance at the plate, you know, early in the season. So, you know, I think it's in, I mean, let's face it, 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 um, it's just an opportunity for, for the whole timing of the thing to present, you know, something new that people have been talking about forever about nationally going to the DH. And, and um, I, I like the original proposal of saying, let's put the DH in this year and next year, and then see where the renegotiation goes, you know, uh, with the whole players contract and, and whatnot for, for the following year. So I, I just, you know, myself, if they're going to put, have a 26 man roster. I, I would rather have that be, you know, more designated for, for offense than to add another pitcher and let pitchers keep hitting at this point. I mean, as much as I like the tradition of the game and I've enjoyed the 20 years of covering a, this baseball team in the national league, I think there's something in it when a pitcher comes up, it provides a different element. It's not a, a great one, but sometimes it's of surprise and, you know, Brandon Woodruff in the in the National yeah. League Championship Series can take Kershaw deep, you know. 
stuff like that. It's like, wow, who, who would have expected that? You know, that's a different type of adrenaline that if they go DH universally, you know, you're going to miss that. I, I think. Well, yeah. And if I'm a pitcher, I'd rather face, um, you know, Woodruff than, than Braun, that's for sure. Or, you know, rather face John Lester than Kyle Schwarber. I am a traditionalist. I'd rather see him add, have a 30 man roster forever and let the, make the pitchers hit in both leagues. Let's get some uniformity. You know that see that, but that's, that's a great, that's a great argument though, is to say, why not make it, you know, what if, if the DH was all about providing offense and having, you know, an extra man on a roster or whatever, whatever the case was back in the day, I mean, let's face it. Originally it came down to, Let's just do something different to provide some offense. That's all it was. And I mean, I was it anything more than that? Can anybody explain that any differently? One or two owners of the National League had to go to a different place and they missed out on the vote and it didn't. That's what I hear. I don't know if that's true or not. And that's why the National League didn't pass the DEH, but maybe they went to the bathroom on purpose. I, I don't know. But I, I just think the game goes faster if Mark Burley were batting and uh, pitching and uh doing it all and i'm just a you know me i'm a traditionalist although i i would go for seven inning double headers i think that'd be entertaining and i i just can't see uh now they're talking about uh the royals anyway talking about letting uh, a certain number of fans go to the game but not sit in your season ticket uh and not getting your refund back so here's the let me let me set the picture the Royals have all my money, as do the Cubs. They tell me I cannot, for the rest of the year, sit in my seats. But if I would like to use the money that I've already paid, they'll give me a 5% discount or credit on buying another ticket from those guys. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Yeah, those numbers don't add up. I think that... I. Well, what's the point of getting that creative? And, and the other thing is you, you're not going to have – I mean, why even go there right now when you're not going to have fans in the stands? Right. I mean, why – exactly. I mean, I don't have a burning desire to go um, to, a, to a ball game where I can't get within six feet of another person. I can't get beer from Lloyd at Wrigley. I mean, Lloyd has been selling – he's got – the beer vendor, he, I think he has a house on the coast in Florida. This is a beer vendor. And he's authored two books. I got to get him to autograph the, I hope he's around next year. Lloyd, and I can't even pronounce his last name. Lloyd is famous. And, and I'm going to get him on the podcast. He's more famous than, than I am. Not as famous as you, but still, Lloyd. Yeah, but he, he'd have a better story books, to tell than me. He's got, uh, you know. Two, two books about the vendors at Comiskey and the vendors at, uh, at Wrigley. So, um, Hall of Fame, do you think this makes Clements and Bonds more likely to get in in the next vote because of the COVID? No. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't think COVID will have anything to do with anything Hall of Fame-wise. They, they already have three or four guys that have to wait to go in next year that were supposed to go in this summer, which is going to make next year – the the longest uh introductory uh ceremony in the history of any free speech <laughs> it certainly it certainly would uh 
lead to better speeches. All those speeches are great. Let me ask you this. Do you think that the players are going to take this season seriously or are they going to just go through the motions? Well, I think that's a really interesting question. And, and um, I, I really don't believe, Jamie, that anybody at this highest elite level of sports can play on anything but their, their very best effort. Um, I think first and foremost, they'd be risking their health, not from a COVID-19 standpoint, but you know, when, when you're an elite athlete and you're not playing up to, up to par, you can get hurt. Um, so I, I don't think that's, that's a good thing. Um, and I, and I just think from a competitive standpoint, there's only so many people that have the, the ability and the honor to play this game. And, and I don't see, I don't see anybody crashing that opportunity because they just want to collect a paycheck or just show up and go through the motions. Uh, I think it's going to be, I think some of these um, smaller rules that are in place, like no high-fiving and, and interacting, you know, at a close pace with, you know, teammates and, and all the stuff that they've tried to do to protect these guys from COVID-19. I think they're going to have a, a hard time once the game plays for real, um, you know, mandating uh, you know some of that stuff so i think no bottom line is i i really i I think it's a really interesting question because i think you know the guys that have opted out have opted out for a pretty strong reason i think the guys that are still contemplating opting out at this point you know i think if they're they're in they're in to stay and if and if they don't feel that they've got it i think they'll quit and and just say i i can't do it this way how about until next year how about a guy pulls his hammy and says, uh, geez, four weeks into, into uh, rehab, he says, you know what, I just can't go full speed, so I'm done. Or got a little dead arm, I'm done. I think, that, I think, I think you're going to see a lot of that. That's my opinion. Well, you, you might. I mean, you know, that's – is that any different than what we've known in the past with, you know, guys that, you know, say, I, you know, I'm not – I'm at a point now where – here's the problem. that no matter who gets hurt, if they're going to be out for any extended period of time, coming back is going to be really hard. Right. And I think, that- I mean, there's just, you know, there's no place to rehab. There's no going to triple a, um, and, and you're going to come back and, you know, if someone's playing, you know, if, if you're not, you know, Christian Yelich or whatnot, you know, good luck trying to get back on that team. I, I think an injury is going to, for the most part may, may end somebody's, season in this shortened season i think it w- i think some guys will look at that and say <laughs> i'm on the dl i'm getting paid see you later now you asked me if that would be different than than the regular season i think in the regular season i think everything is like it always has been or had been and that is most guys aren't dogs i mean there are a few dogs in the league where the guy not to mention Brandon Morrow, but how many, how many millions can a guy get for never playing? And I'm not saying that th- that was intentional, but I think most guys in a regular season would do everything they could to get back in the lineup. In this, with the the animosity between the union and the owners, um, I, especially if your team gets off to a 1-15 and 15 start, you may be going, hey, I'm going to head for the hills. There's all sorts well, of stuff. It's going to be fun. There, there are, and, you know, 
there are two things. One, when I said that, it's no different than in the past. I, I mostly meant for the time of the year. Right. That, you know, if you're injured, you know, with the start of now, I mean, you're, you're basically saying it's an August, September season. So if you're, if you're injured in August, good luck getting back in time to even finish up September. So just time of season there. And I, and I think so the other thing with guys. You're clarifying. Huh? You're clarifying your point that I apparently mistook for. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just I just want to let you know that I, I don't think, it, you know, if a guy's injured in May that he's going to say, yeah, you know what, I'm not going to come back. I mean, there's too much season left. Right. But there, there are also, and, and to make a point on, you know, uh, your case about guys that, you know, get these contracts, uh, might, might have an injury that they're, they're milking out for whatever reason. Does that happen? Of course. Um, but I, I think the other thing that's happened that really pisses organizations off and, and you know, teammates are, are guys that are um, on the fence about their, their ability to, to stay on a big league roster. And if they're going to be sent back and forth to the minor leagues, all of a sudden a guy may say that might be, let's say, out of options. Um, no, guess what? I, I've got a little hamstring injury here. I want you guys to check out. And the next thing you know, he's on the injured list for a month and he's collecting a big league paycheck for a month rather than being released or going back to the minors and, and uh, not getting, you know, those, those major league, you get major league service days and, and the whole ball of wax. So those are the guys that, you know, I, I think are, are the ones that, <laughs> really raise the big question marks is, you know, what kind of game they're really playing. Cause it's definitely not one on the field. You know yeah. where I'm going? Oh yeah. Speaking of that, did you read where Bobby Bonilla is still getting a million a year or a million plus in deferred? I would payment? say, yes. Oh. And I would say that July 1st is the least day that I look forward to on social media because New York media uh, media, big media across the country have to make a big deal about July 1st being Bobby Bonilla day because he's, he's getting a check for over a million dollars. What from the Mets, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and until like, until he's going to be like 75 years old and what he's been, he's been getting this for at least 10 or 15 years or whatever it is. I don't think he has deferred money. money. Yeah. No kidding. What a, what a deal. I mean, the guy, he could still probably play. Um, but yeah, you yeah. probably could. That's good. Hey, what time is practice today for the crew? Or is that confidential? No, they're doing uh they well, here's the other thing, Jamie. They've they've uh uh done a scrimmage the last couple of days and they they put it live on Facebook and also on their um on their dot com so people can watch, which is kind of cool. That is so it's cool. like it's, it's like a spring training game. It's it's you know, they put it out out there. So they're doing stuff. Most of their most of theirs is um, would be like a spring training schedule. Guys are there in the morning, and then they do the uh, scrimmage from one to three. Are you going to the ballpark and today? I am not going today. No. Do you have those days, or can you go whenever you want? I can go. I can go whenever I want. It's it's open you are for me. Yeah. Now, but I got to take care of the golden pipes first. Well, so let me ask you what what food do you take because you're not a big you're not a junk food eater like I am. You're a healthy eater. Um, what do you, you know, you said you had to bring your own food. What did you take to the park yesterday? 
I, I, uh, don't tell me I actually took, uh, I, I took two brats already made. Nice. I, uh, war- I warmed them up. I, it was 95 degrees. So I just kept them on the dashboard of the car with the sun hitting them and they stayed, they stayed warm. <laughs> and I brought, I brought a little cool pack of, uh, ketchup and mustard and secret stadium sauce and, oh, and, uh, awesome. and un- cut up fresh red onions nice. and some sauerkraut. Are you and, lying? Are you lying to and me? And then I, and then I, you're, I carefully packed them I don't into a lunch bag, not a brown bag, but a recyclable bag. And got my container of water and uh, recycled, of course, and then yeah. took it into the ballpark and just made a big mess in there. Now, in reality, you took an apple and an orange, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> this was all a big tale. <laughs> I know you, buddy. There's no brat on your dashboard. Next meal is going to be spaghetti. How about... Uh, a lot of red sauce. Are the crew going to have cardboard cutouts of their season ticket holders? All two thousand of them. There. <laughs> <laughs> They've actually done one better. I will say this: they actually uh, uh, put two different um, notices out to the general public that that they're looking to uh, build up their community foundation. Uh-huh. And, um, and they said, you can, you can send in your, your picture. And I think it was 50 bucks that goes to the community foundation. And then they're going to do a blow up poster and they're putting them up, uh, in the upper deck where Bob Euchre's, uh, last, last, uh, seat in the top row is right. there's a statue of him up there. No, no, and no, so got, that's going to be a section. I've got a picture of Nellie and me next to you up there. Believe it or not, Nelly climbed that high. Can you believe he that? He did not. Yeah, I want to see. I, I'll when I see it, I'll believe it, man. Right. He, uh, he 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 would never climb past club level. Nelly hobbled up to the uke seat just to take a picture with me. Yes, sir. It's a good thing uh, he didn't have a mask on when he got up there. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that mask would have been uh, unusable. But the um, the other thing. Uh, Crowd noise. Are the crew uh, pumping in crowd noise? They're debating it. Oh, they man. have not done it. They have not done it yet. They're in between innings of the uh, of the scrimmages so far. They they play a little uh, typical music. It's not real loud, but just something to you know fill the noise. But uh, right. I will say this: it is it is incredibly quiet in there. I mean, you can you know at Miller Park we have a lot of <clears throat> we have a lot of uh, fans, as in. Uh, Air circulating fans, oh, not yeah. like not like fans in the stands. And I mean, during the scrimmage, you you can hear those things, and it's pretty much what's filling the uh, filling the noise right now. But uh, yeah, they're they're kind thinking about. It. I know a lot of clubs are going to pump in stadium noise, and they're going to, you know, you know what what's a single, you know, for your home team? A little right. clapping, clap, 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 double. Hey, a little more excitement. Ball hit to the wall. Are they Triple, be hey, you got one in the gap. Hey, you're at third base. You're in scoring position, and then boom, the home run. So I, I think they're they're. I think a lot of clubs are thinking about that. How are the Cubs doing on that? And I don't know. And what's the MLB going to do to to police that? I mean, uh, there seems to be an an ability. If the Astros can cheat the way they cheated, it seems to me that if you just leave it up to the club, 
they can, you know, blare booing for the entire time the guy's trying to pitch. And uh, I don't know. I mean, how creative do you want to get? And speaking of cheaters, do we even remember that the Astros cheated? Do we care? And what is the over-under on how many Astros will get hit by the Dodgers in the first game? Because <laughs> they will play each other. Yeah. And, I mean, they got to drill. A, they got to drill a few of those guys. I mean, Altuve is going to take a few uh, somewhere. Uh, that's my prediction. But well, now, right out of the gates at spring training, they got hit. Remember yeah. that? I mean, remember spring training like a year ago? <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. I did see two games. Had a couple good dogs and a cold beer. But I think the uh, from what I'm hearing, everybody's kind of because of the COVID nineteen. Everybody's kind of kumbaya. Um, and so, well, I think that's, I think that's, you know, a really interesting point is <clears throat> thank you. that type of competitive edge is definitely going to be, I would predict it to be different, but, um, but let's face it, man, these guys get between the lines, you know, they, they remember stuff. Let's put it that way. That's true. Well, we're two weeks from the, uh, opening day. And as my schedule reflects, I think it's, uh, isn't it the crew in Chicago? Or am I suffering from old old age? No, you're right. They're, uh, it's going to be uh, Brewers-Cubs. I believe it's a 6 o'clock Friday night game. And then followed by two day games on Saturday and Sunday. What to do get you the first think, weekend going. You know, under the Illinois law, 25% capacity of the rooftop. What do you think a rooftop ticket's going to go for for opening day Um on StubHub, I'm I'm guessing north of a thousand bucks. I was going to say minimum of thousand for sure. Yeah, I mean, my gosh, think of think of your think of your limited audience who'd pay anything to be a part of history. Yeah, you're right. Of course they would. It's going to be. You're right. It's because what what other ballpark can even say that right now? It would be the only game or ability to have any type of fan. Yeah. Bring your own binoculars, but you could do that. I, I, I you I know, but let's face it. Cardinals, that's what makes Wrigley so cool. The, you can see, um, boy, can you see in the ballpark there? The, I know there's an office building that I've been on the, uh, uh, on a roof, on a deck, not on the roof, on whatever floor in center field from Petco park where you can, they look like ants, but you can see into the ballpark. Toronto, you could see in, I think, from the hotel. And St. Louis, I know the rooftop of the Marriott, you can see fireworks, but I don't think you can see into the ballpark. But I wonder how many of those opportunities exist in, in, besides San Diego and Chicago. I don't know. I don't care. Not too many. San Diego's got quite a few opportunities because they've got, you know, the condos and and hotels that are built, you know, right over that outfield wall. So. Well, it's kind of like these golf tournaments. Have you watched where some of them are played where there are residents along the, some of the holes and the residents constructing bleachers in their backyard. (laughs) See, I think all, all, I think all PGA events should be, uh, put at country clubs that are lined with uh, homes so I, I people agree. people can cheat the system then all right man well let's talk before the season starts we got two weeks to plan our next exciting by then uh you know you might want to revise your uh preseason pick i'll give you that opportunity 
to put the Cubs in front of the Brewers and move the Cardinals down to the basement like I have them. Because in my hot little hand that you don't have your video camera going, I have what we picked uh, on the last show. And um, let's see if you want to change that. But just to refresh, you picked the Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs in third, the Reds in fourth, and the Pirates. I picked the Cubs, the Reds, the Brewers, the see that tit for tat, uh, and the Pirates and the Cardinals in last place. And I, you had the Brewers going uh, 36 and 24. And I can't remember what I had the Cubs going. I think I had the Cubs. Oh, I remember you had the Cubs 20. going like 40, 40 and 20. 20. Yeah, 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 buddy. Yes, sir. So right, we don't know much because we, we've picked each other's teams to finish third. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what? Unlike every other year, we're going we're gonna to get the results in, in two months. We're down to the dog days, and we haven't had any day. It'll be fun. I, yeah, I'm looking forward I, I, to it. I think that um, – how about David Price opting out? Did that surprise you? Yeah. Man, yeah. me too. Felix Hernandez yeah, hopping sure. out of his minor league deal didn't really surprise me. Yeah. Um, but David Price, man, that's goofy. Um, how much politic and had to go in before that came public and everybody had to sit down and say that was a they, they Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, in certain certain franchises, ball clubs, you know, you're talking about, you know, somebody of that elite stature. Um, it stays with I, I would love to know how long that went on for before – you know, that final decision came down. Of course, it's it's going to be up to the player, but still, uh, unbelievable. So I think he that would be a more popular decision amongst your contemporary teammates than a guy who signed when the union was on strike and broke broke the uh, union uh, strike barrier. But, you know, or the umpire. I don't know if Angel Hernandez had done that. Somebody you know, was a, a scab, as they say, and I'm, I'm saying that with all political correctness. I don't know, but, you know, do you think Price will ever be accepted back into the clubhouse for real? I guess. Uh, I mean, look, 20, if, if, if you're good, <laughs> if you're good, you're good. There's been a lot, lot worse things that have uh, happened in baseball and guys have been welcome back for, that's for sure. So that's yeah, true. short answer is yes. Okay. All right. I'll let you off the hook. Well, go have, Another bratwurst on your dashboard. Enjoy the beautiful day here in Wisconsin. And uh, more in the fact that the Wisconsin State Fair is gone, but rejoice that Brewers Baseball will be on the air on July 23rd. Is that right? 24th. 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 Live from uh, Wrigley Field. This is Craig Kishon and Jerry Augustine with the starting lineups for the Chicago Cubs and the visiting Seven-time visiting Wrigley Field, Milwaukee Brewer. I love it. The gods are great. I feel like the Cubs. The magic number, I say, is 39. Here we go. 39 Cub wins combined with the losses of the Brewers. <laughs> oh, God. All right, you know what? <laughs> Either you've been golfing too much or you haven't golfed enough. I, I haven't figured that out yet. I'm not sure either, but I'm going to go enjoy the lake. and. Uh, my family and uh, oh, I'm cooking ribs today. I forgot. It's a big Atta boy. Day. I'm gonna go smoke some ribs right now. Mm-mm-mm. You are the man. You be good. It was fun. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you uh, in a week or so. Sounds great. All right, man. Later. Mm-hmm.